Hello and welcome to Grade 7 Talk to Experts, a podcast where Grade 7 students talk to experts and find out more about their specialty. I'm your host for this episode, Finley, and I'm a student at College Park School in Lloydminster, Alberta. Before we get before we get to our expert for this episode, I want to I want to share a little bit about who we are and what we will be doing in our podcasts. We are a class of 27 grade 7 students in a non-traditional classroom setting where we are focusing on experience-based learning using a STEAM approach. That's STEAM, which stands for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. We want to answer that age-old question of why do we have why do I have to learn this? by directly connecting uh, what we study inside the classroom with the world outside the school. For our podcast, students will be contacting an expert that they know in their lives. This person could be an expert in their profession or job or what would be con- tr- tr- what would traditionally be considered a hobby or interest. So without further delay, I am pleased to introduce our expert for this episode, who is an expert in clothing design and sales, Justin Lusser. Hello and welcome. Hey, buddy. How are you? Uh, good. You? Excellent. Um, let's start by getting to know you. Please tell us about yourself. Uh, my name is Justin Lizert, uh, Finley's uncle. I've uh, been uh, started working blue-collar work in the patch since I was 18 in Lloyd. And uh, it was very uh, good to me. And... Uh, Got me my house and my foundation and uh, started the clothing line about four years ago, five years ago with a good friend of mine. And it grew naturally to the point where both of us could make a leap uh, over from our jobs to do this full time. And it's been it's been a dream ever since. And it's going really well. I now have two beautiful little girls and a beautiful wife and life is good. How many people were in your family growing up? Uh, I have an older brother, Jason, and a younger brother, Jessica, and then mom and dad. So there are five of us growing up. I was a middle child. Just, uh, well, you're kind of a middle child, Finn. Um, Yes, a middle child, and uh, it was good. Tell us about your job at Troco. What do you do? Uh, I'm co-founder at Troco. Um, we're managing a team of in-house uh, around 12 to 15 employees. And then out of house, I would say around North America, around 40 to 45 people are on our team. And every day we come in and it is our job to motivate our team and give them direction. Um, we have to uh, Jason and I have a vision in our head where this company needs to go and we want it to go. And kind of a, what I've learned over the last four or five years of running a company is to inspire and portray that vision so everybody's clear on the goal, so everybody can work towards one common goal instead of nobody kind of really knowing what to do and everybody just spins their tires and tries to stay busy. Um, it's, it's really motivating and, uh, and giving people direction. Now for me, what I, that's kind of 50% of my day. And then the other 50% is, you know, posting to social media, talking to ambassadors, 
um, coming up with new ideas, looking at like, what are we going to do for styles in the fall? Um, what kind of like talking to my artists, getting my artists to do stuff for me. Um, it's really the creative side is my side. And then Jason, uh, my business partner is a numbers person. Um, so it works really well that I'm the creative guy and he naturally sees numbers, uh, well, so it works really good. Um, I'm going to have Regan come up here and ask you a question. Sure. Hi, my name is Regan, and my question is, how did you get into the clothing business? Um, I've always been interested in design. I'm pretty creative. Um, my business partner and I had a couple clothing business ideas uh, that didn't work out the first go around. Um, and then we, we struck one um, when Teespring was first starting um, online. So what you could do is you could just make a design, advertise it, and then this company shipped out your t-shirt for you. So you didn't have to hold any inventory or invest any money unless your t-shirt was successful. And that kind of taught us that um, instead of just starting a business locally in Lloyd and trying to sell your stuff, it opens up all of North America. So about 400 million people have the opportunity to buy your stuff. Um, and that really uh, was was able because of the iPhone and Facebook that allowed us to do that. So we kind of learned um, about design and what sells and how to do ads. And uh, that kind of got us a foundation and, and was kind of our schooling um, in the real world. And once we found we kind of had a knack for it, then um, you just kind of, honestly, you develop, you, you, you make what you like. You don't try to make the key is don't make stuff that you think other people will like make stuff that you like. And then if it sells, it's way easier because if you start trying to not be yourself and not make stuff that you truly like, you just get lost and you're, you're it's not going to last long because you start guessing and you start trying to make stuff that really isn't you. Um, so my advice is if you're, if you're going to start making clothing or t-shirts, Make stuff that you love. And if it sells, it sells. Um, and if it sells for two years and then, you know, maybe people kind of uh, drift away from it, it doesn't matter. It's just make what you like and, and put it out there and, and advertise it. Thank you for answering my question. Absolutely. Um, what is a typical day like for you? Typical day, I like to be in here at 7. Um, I like to get in here before most of our employees get in here, um, get the building ready and, and have a place for them to come in. Both Jason and I have our morning routines, which kind of kind of gets you in the rhythm. For the day, you check your calendar, uh, you check the, the accounts, you check your emails, um, you go through the Facebook advertising, you make sure, you know, 
maybe a product's been canceled or it's you know has a warning on it um get all that kind of done by seven eight o'clock and then we have a little bit of a team meeting some coffee some catch-up and it's not necessarily all about business it's just making sure that you're catching up with everybody and you know you can you kind of got a gauge on on how the team is feeling are they are they getting overworked um are they kind of distracted in other areas of life because we're all human uh stuff happens and uh you, just it's like running it's like running a hockey team or a soccer team you got to make sure that everybody's happy inside and out and outside of work um so that's what that kind of 8 to 8 30 coffee and stuff with people is is to kind of see how the team's doing that day and then really it's just hitting meetings um as my day as like as we've developed into this company um essentially I run on like my Google calendar. It's schedule a meeting. I have warnings when they come up, I'd be lost without it. And uh, you really have to make make good use of your time because if you have five or six meetings during a day, you have to be in and out um, very quickly and get your point across. And then from there, between meetings, uh, we have a gym here. So uh, I usually lag in the afternoon, I get really, that's kind of when I my energy is low. So from one to two o'clock, I hit the gym, and when I come back from three uh, two o'clock to six, um, I have a lot of energy. So we've kind of found that, and our staff can use the gym and all that too. So typical day is is pretty rinse and repeat, um, but there's always stuff that comes up, and we have to handle it as a as a team and. Uh, we do really well with that. So you have your meetings, but then you also have just, you know, a, a FedEx truck isn't delivering or the ship coming across the ocean is super late and you you promised wholesalers this, this product and now you got to figure a way to uh, talk with them and get them, you know, a new time on when it's coming and, and make it right with them. So there's tons of stuff that comes up through the day, pretty much Jason and myself, it's just, come in and put out fires if there, there's always going to be something wrong during the day and if you just accept that your day goes much better and they're not they're not uh bad fires it's just that's that's what we do is we put out fires um what do you do for fun what do i do for fun um honestly this job i don't even well this career um this is fun for me and that's that's why I feel uh, we've been successful at it because I go to bed and I can't wait to get up in the morning and come into work and create clothing and, you know, talk with, you know, music artists or celebrities and, you know, work on projects with them and sign, sign them up to stuff. And um, this is the perfect um, career choice for me. Um, because I don't, I don't feel myself getting burnt out at it at all. It's been five years and I still have the same drive to come in and do this. And that's what I would recommend to anybody that is trying to, uh, be an entrepreneur is make sure you truly love it. Don't force it. Um, and then this every day will be fun for you outside of work. Um, uh, it's with my girls, uh, whenever I go home and family stuff with the wife, we, we always, whether it's golfing or bike rides or just getting out and clearing, you know, putting the phone down and just focusing on them. Uh, I really look forward to going home and 
you know, being with them and their energy and pretty much golf is uh, my other hobby. So you can't have too many. I find like, you know, it's, it's this and golf and the family is pretty much all I have time for, but I'm completely fine with that. Um, did you live in Lloydminster as a kid and what was it like? If, yeah. I didn't live in Lloyd as a kid. Um, I moved here when I was 18. Uh, my teen years from like 11 or 12 to 18, I grew up in a small town in uh, Saskatchewan and lived on a farm. And that taught me hard work and, you know, getting stuff done and you can kind of, you know, whether it's chopping wood for the house or feeding the animals and stuff like that, you can kind of see how over the years uh, your work pays off. And it was either stay there and kind of work in the farming area or uh, come out here and work in the oil patch and uh, came out here and started working in the patch. And it was, it was, uh, it was great. Um, I'm going to have Ricky come up and ask you a question. Uh, my name is Ricky, and my question for you is, was designing clothes something that took longer for you to be able to do and learn, or did it come naturally for you? Can you repeat that first part of the question? Was designing clothes something that took longer for you to be able to do and learn, or did it come naturally for you? Um, it came kind of naturally with just my interest in clothes and what goes together and what looks good and you know what's going out of style and what's kind of played. But the actual designing, like I'm not artistic. Um, I can see what I like, but I can't make what I like, if that makes sense. So um, I quickly found that uh, finding artists through social media, that if I could give them an idea of what I want the clothing to look like or the art on the clothing to look like, um, that they could nail it a hundred times better than I could have ever done. It's just a... Uh, it's just going through those artists and making sure that they they come through. So, you know, I might have gone through 150 artists and I probably have nine that I go to. So those other uh, 141 artists that I paid to do artwork for me are just uh, gone. And it's just an investment on drilling down uh, to the good ones. So um, I know. Yeah, I guess to summarize it, I know what I like. Um, I can kind of curate and put together uh, designs, but actually making the designs, there's much more talented people out there than me. And uh, that's one thing we do believe is always hiring uh, better than what you can do. And I tell my the people in my company, uh, I want to be the dumbest person here. I want to sell my surround myself with talented people and experts and Jason, I'll just point the ship and uh, you guys are the are the talent that helps us get us there. So hope that answers your question. My next question for you is where do you get the inspiration for your clothing? It's kind of crazy. Um, you hear, I always heard growing up, like people that write books or people that do music, you know, they, they get inspiration from, you know, 
going walks on the beach or in the forest and stuff. And you're kind of like, okay, what are you talking about? But it's, it is honestly from everywhere around you. You could be in the weirdest place and you're like, Oh, I like, I like those colors together. Or uh, you're looking at a piece of art that's kind of, you know, skewed a bit or just the way it's drawn or the brush strokes. And, and you look at it, you're like, Oh, that look awesome on a patch on a hat. If we did kind of that style, um, see, so you, you honestly get it kind of, uh, from everywhere around and it evolves like, you, you know, we're getting into, uh, some old school seventies vibes, uh, for hats now and some clothing with, with Troco that I'm, I'm really loving. Um, and we're developing those. So as, as I dive in that with the couple artists that we're doing, um, you know, we get inspired on different artwork or maybe old uh, gas cans or old old gas station uh, signage and stuff like that that you can just kind of get a vibe from and then translate it into your own company. And I'm really digging it. So it kind of comes from everywhere. Thank you for answering my questions. Awesome. Thanks. Um, what was school like for you as a kid? And wait, when to ask this question, what was school like for you when you were younger? School for me was tough. Um, I love being at school. It was just really hard for me to pay attention. Um, I don't know if that's ADHD or, you know, dyslexia coming into it. Um, but I was always creative and, you know, I got by, but, uh, but you know, my study habits were the best and I was always distracted. I was always daydreaming um, and definitely wished I could focus more than I did. Um, but I really found my strength was if you crack the door open just a little on something, I could usually um, use my leverage and work it into something bigger, like just give a tiny bit of an opportunity in, in, in an area and I'll make the best of it. So that's kind of worked well with, you know, starting a business or entrepreneur, you got to take every little inch you can get and, and make the most out of it because one inch becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. And now it's just, then you have, you know, a lot more growth that, starts working on itself. So um, I definitely wish I got better grades at school, but I got by. Um, and I would say it, w it went well. Um, what specifically do you remember about grade seven? Grade seven? uh awkward um we didn't have a lot of money so i always wanted some decent clothing so i actually had a job um i worked after school and i saved that money and that's how i bought some clothes that i liked so maybe that's where the clothing thing comes from i always paid attention to that um i think in grade seven um that was definitely my awkward phase um i started getting into sports a lot more in grade seven 
And that really helped me just zone out and have focus and gain confidence. Um, playing basketball was great for me. Um, helped me get a lot of friends in grade seven, um, have something to focus on, put your energy into. Um, yeah, I think grade seven for me really, really stands out as kind of the, the year that I came out of my shell. I was super shy before grade seven. I wouldn't say boo to anybody. Um, I think I told a few jokes and I got some laughs and, and that was awesome. So kind of found out that, hey, maybe I can come out of my shell a bit. Plus sports um, really helped me through through grade seven and on. So I, I love basketball and um, I can't say enough for school sports. Um, if someone were to write a book about you, what would be a good title? Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say, uh, something out of nothing. Like, I just, I feel like, uh, I feel like the opportunity feel like the chances of this happening are so slim and it's, it's definitely not lost on Jason and I on we've almost caught lightning in a bottle um, and the only reason why you know quote unquote lucky to be in this position is non-stop work there were some nights that I didn't even go to bed I I worked in design all through the night and then went to work the next day um, but you still have to be a bit lucky to land something, um, an opportunity like this. So it's insanely uh, a lot of work and hard work and focus and sacrifice. Um, you know, a lot of friends haven't got a lot of time with me over the last little while um, because it's just you're focused on this plus with my family. Um, but I would say something out of nothing because it does feel like we got a little crack, a little window where we could do something with, and we absolutely put everything into it and uh, made something out of nothing. Um, I'm gonna have Grady come up here and ask you a question. Hi. What hey, clothing? Hi. What clothing style sells the most? What clothing style sells the most for us? Yeah. The clothing style that sells the most in Troco, believe it or not, is a black t-shirt with a big white print on it. Um, we've been, we've done hundreds of t-shirts and we want to give options um, for the guys, for the girls. Um, and I just like to have different, but our go-to, and if you go to our website, the first picture you usually see in the t-shirts and hoodies is, is a black shirt. And then we have different shirts behind it, but, um, you know, skulls, tools, uh, anvils, all that type of stuff on our website. If it is a black shirt with a big white print on it, that are, is the best sellers for sure. So if that's what the guys want, and what the girls want to, then that's what we give them as an option. And then we can kind of behind each shirt, we can kind of play with some colors. Army green uh, is an, is our second uh, really big color with just a black print on it. So a little more subtle. 
um, and that sells really well. So the the loud shirts I'd say are are the best sellers. We do we want to put some simple prints out there so people can rep us and and don't have to be so loud about it. And those do well too. So we we try to give a little something for all the blue collar guys and girls that you know want to want to rep us. So whether it's loud but uh, loud or quiet, but it's definitely the uh, big loud prints on white on a black shirt. What do you make clothes out of? Clothes out of uh, our t-shirts are 60-40 uh, blends, so 60% cotton, 40% polyester, and I absolutely love them. We've probably gone through about 15 different t-shirts, uh, maybe more, because uh, my goal is to give uh, the customer the best shirt I can because I want them to put it on and say, I love this shirt. It doesn't shrink up. It fits great until I'm until it's full of holes, um, because they're spending their hard money, hard-earned money, on uh, a T-shirt that we've made. And I just believe if it's if we make less profit, um, but they're happy and they're a reoccurring customer, that is what matters into longevity in a brand. And then they have. Uh, trust in the other clothing that we release, whether it's jackets, hats, that they're going to be happy when they buy. Um, what we make clothing out of it, it it's a lot of cotton, uh, polyesters, just different blends, uh, getting into some denims for the workwear and stuff like that. So tons of different fabrics. And uh, we have a girl here that really knows even how it's woven and made and how the different fibers come together. And that goes back to hiring people that are way smarter than me because she can come in and explain to me why this fits good and why, or why this fits or why it twists and shrinks when you put it in the dryer. And then we can avoid stuff like that. Thank you for answering my question. Awesome. Thank you. Can you tell us about an experience where you were nervous or apprehensive, but chose to participate anyways and gave your best effort? Uh, I think any public speaking, um, I'm not very good at. Uh, we've had a couple opportunities to public speak as this as this has grown, and um, it's it's hard at, at the start, but the more you do it, the better it gets. So I'm a big believer in doing stuff that makes you uncomfortable um, and it just becomes kind of a skill. Um, I definitely think public speaking is one of the uh, my weakest skills that I need to work on and I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you know more more people like you guys, classrooms, colleges, uh, business stuff that uh, just in a public form just helps immensely. In your opinion, what makes someone an expert? Uh, what makes somebody an expert? Uh, I think there's different levels. Um, knowing that subject inside and out and not just memorizing, but understanding it, right? So um, 
whether it's math or clothing development or like logistics or shipping or accounting it's it's really being able to look at it at every angle and pick it apart and when somebody asks you a question you can actually teach them about that subject and make them understand something uh it lets i think that's kind of what lets you be an expert at something is being able to look at it five different ways and understand it from five different ways instead of just memorizing um i always believe you know memorizing something you only have so much capacity in your head to hold um information but if you really understand it really understand how an engine works really understand how transmission works or how to build a house or you know framing a house what wall does what load bearing walls all that if you really understand it i think that's when you become an expert um do you consider yourself an expert uh no no i I still think I'm a rookie in this game. If uh, the talent that is out there and the size of these comp these companies, um, it's it's unbelievable uh, what is out there. So every day you get humbled uh, with just talking to people and looking at the scale that this thing can get. Um, I think it's exciting uh, because we are doing very well and I love where the company is going. Um, but I, I've preached, uh, this Jason and I both say this to, you know, once or twice a month is it's exciting that we're just scratching the surface. Um, you know, we, with the amount of employees and the volume that we do, it's exciting, but it's also exciting that a lot of people don't know who we are. Um, I like it when, you know, we introduce ourselves to a big retailer and they're like, oh, never heard of you. Perfect. That means we're still just scratching the surface on what we possibly could do. Um, so, no, I don't uh, I don't consider myself an expert. I don't know if I ever will, um, to be honest with you. I don't think that's that's uh, something that I would I would think I was an expert at. Um, have there been times where you felt discouraged as a business owner? Uh, yeah, probably every week. Um, that is, I think that's what a lot of people don't see about running a business or owning a business, the amount of behind the scenes, uh, stuff that you deal with and, and, um, not negativity, but the buck stops with the owner and it's gotta be dealt with, um, constantly, whether, like I said, it's, um, dealing with deliveries or you know, shipping issues and stuff like that. You just have to accept it. That that's part of running a business. You're going to have huge ups and huge downs and uh, deal with the downs and don't get discouraged. Um, look at it as, Hey, let's knock this challenge off and we're going to move forward. And I think if you have that attitude and same with life, like life is going to run ups and downs and that if you just accept life, you're going to run into roadblocks and they're just little challenges to tackle. Um, life doesn't become, it becomes less stressful because, you know, you're not taking those, those challenges personally, but yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, you get discouraged. And, but when you love what you're doing, that's just to go back to that point when you love and you, you can't wait to dive into it every day. Um, it's just like you're battling off those little discouragements to keep on going and keep doing what you're doing. So.
Okay, um, what made you want to keep going in your apparel business? Uh, I loved it. Like, I didn't want to do anything else. And if I gave up and didn't conquer that challenge for the day or that week or that big hurdle to get over, that means that I don't get to do this anymore. So it kind of, there was like no question that, you know, I'll go down tooth and nail to make sure that something runs right or the company gets to where it needs to get. Because if I don't, that means that this goes away and I don't get to do this anymore. So um, kind of, if, if you know what I mean, that there was no other option than to dig in as hard as you can. And sometimes you got to risk a lot too, right? You got to throw all your chips in the middle and you're like, this is, if this, hope this works out. Cause if it doesn't, I'm doing something else. So um, if I didn't have the love for this, you know, you just kind of like, you might just walk away. You might just kind of half, half-hearted, you know, put your effort into it and yeah, yeah, if it works, it works. But when you love what you're doing, you're like, I'm going to fight tooth and nail to keep this thing going. I don't care if I got two pennies left and I got to eat craft dinner for the next month. We're going to keep this thing alive because I love doing it every day. Um, I'm going to have Teamer come up here and ask you a question. Hi, my name is Timur. My question is, what is your favorite part about your job? My favorite part about my job is creating new things and then seeing people wear them. Um, when they take a picture and they're happy and they're saying, this is an awesome hat or this is an awesome shirt or, hey, I got my husband this for his birthday and he loves it and they send a picture and stuff like that. Um, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And having that come out of um, our design team's heads and working on it as a team and then, you know, seeing it sell and seeing, uh, uh, you know, bigger stores order it and stock it in their stores. That's, um, it's pretty rewarding. So um, I'd say that's, that's kind of like every time you design something and it's a really big winner that people love, I think that's one of the best things. There's a lot of stuff you design though that falls flat on its face too. So it's uh, you kind of got to feel your way around and you start to learn what people like. Okay, thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Um, did you do graphic design as a kid? No, no, I didn't. Um. I like to draw when I was like eight to 11, I got the drawing book for a bit. Um, but I def, I didn't do graphic design. Um, I, I hired people that are much better than that. Um, and essentially I'll just give them an idea and a vibe, kind of give them three things that I'll give them the color, uh, the vibe or air that we want to be in. And, um, kind of the theme, if there's a saying in it, uh, stuff like that. And then I just let them do their thing. Uh, I have artists that are good at retro art. I have artists that are good at hand-drawn. Um, I have artists that are good at, uh, I have a guy right now uh, doing six brand new hats for us. 
And I just give them the vibe, I give them the colors and uh, the text or the sayings, and I just let them put it together. And um, I know that they're going to knock out something that I really like. And I kind of like it coming from other people's heads too, because if all of, if all of Troco's graphics and hats and everything only came from my head and designs, it would kind of, I think, would get old pretty quick. So it comes from my head as in, hey, this is what I want to go after or create this kind of vibe for these six hats. But I let them, I let the artists do their thing and then I approve it or not, whether it's uh, something we want in our store or not. There, if he designs six, I might pick four um, that I really like and we'll put those in the store. Um, but no, I didn't do graphic design. I'm honestly not that talented at graphic design. I just know what I like when I see it. And like I said, if I like it, then it goes in the store. And uh, that's what we promote. Um, tell us about someone that you looked up to when you were younger. Uh, I think it was sports uh, a lot. I didn't have a lot of uh, knowledge about business or that side of things growing up. It was pretty um, straightforward with, you know, working on the farm. And then I, it was always sports, whether it was Michael Jordan or Steve Francis. You guys won't know Steve Francis, but um, he was in the dunk comp against Vince Carter uh, when Vince Carter went off there. But looking up to, it was sports. 100% it was sports. Um, at this time, I'm going to open up the mic for any students to ask any questions that they might have. Sounds good. Tell them to take it easy on me. Hi, so as you said before, you do like a 60-40 blend for your shirts. What do you think the worst blend is? Personally, for a t-shirt, I think the worst blend is 100% uh, cotton. Um, just because I don't like getting a shirt that fits one way and then you wash it and it shrinks. Um, believe it or not, 100% poly, um, we make a high-vis shirt of that. That's really light and the construction guys uh, like to wear it or anybody that needs a really visible shirt out and it's super light and it is one of the comfiest shirts. So 100% poly, it's essentially all plastic, but um, it is one of the most comfy shirts out there. But the 60-40 blend, it has some poly to hold. It's nice and smooth. It holds its shape. Um, but the 100% cotton can be used in certain things. But for me, for a 100% cotton t-shirt, it I'm I'm not a fan of, but 60-40 blend. 60 I, I believe we have some of the softest, best t-shirts uh, on the market. So I, I love sending them out to customers and hearing uh, that they that they feel like butter when they put it on and they hold the shape and guys guys feel comfortable in them um, when they put it on. That's the key. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Elizabeth and my question is, how do you make sure that you're staying true to yourself and do you have a mission or a statement? You know what, that's a really good question because as a brand, uh, you have to stay on brand. And we have a lot of people and a lot of eyes that, uh, that make sure that we're staying on brand. I think the worst thing that a brand can do is 
pivot towards a style or put something in the store that is just based on selling uh, and making money off of it. And that can really create a desperate feel and a bad vibe for your brand. So um, our, like, our mission internally is to provide the best quality clothing that we can for our people at the best prices. So you kind of got to, you go and walk that line. Like we could make a $500 hoodie. That's the best quality ever out there, but you know, people can't afford that or don't want to pay that. But um, we've gone four years looking for the best hoodies we can supply, gone four years looking for the best t-shirts and the best hats. Um, so that's, that's internally is, is everything we put out. We would, we want to make sure that the customer is happy with that. And then for staying on brand and staying true to ourselves, that kind of comes back to uh, what we like. And um, if I love it, then it's going to be put in the store. If I start guessing and trying to make stuff for people just because I want to sell it and tie dyes, you know, tie dyes are in this season and we're going to shift everything to tie dyes. Well, you know what? That's not us. That's, that's something different and we're going to stay true to ourselves. So people know that we're consistent and we have a consistent message. Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome, Elizabeth. Hi, I'm Zach. Um, what are the benefits to being a self-employed uh, entrepreneur? Uh, self-employed, an entrepreneur, um, I think, it really forces you to work as hard as you can. Um, when you're getting out of bed and the alarm goes off and it's your business, um, it really gets you going. And it's also really rewarding too. Um, building something, hiring people, um, building a team, uh, building you know the website, the clothing and all that. Just being an entrepreneur and working for yourself. Now it's awesome, but then you also have to take responsibilities when something fails as well, or if you mess up because there's nobody else to blame. You're the one that made the decision. Um, but the best thing is, you know, whether, you know, you see Twitch streamers that, that love creating content. Um, they love that. They love that what they do. You see maybe somebody that starts a, a horse uh, riding uh, school because they love horses. Um, Getting up and doing something that you absolutely love, that you would do uh, without being paid for it, and turning that into a job, to me, that's that's what entrepreneurs do and they get to do. Um, so I think the best thing about being an entrepreneur is that you love going to work. You love doing what you're doing, and it becomes your career. And it's really rewarding seeing it grow and uh, building a team. Thank you for answering my question. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Jackson, and can you explain Dirty Hands Clean Money? So, Dirty Hands Clean Money is an old saying um, that Blue Collar have been uh, talking about for a while and kind of just say that we caught on to. Um, so, Dirty Hands is hard work. Um, it's going out every day, blue collar work, honest work. So, that's Dirty Hands and Clean Money 
is honest money. So, um, you know, sometimes, you know, stockbrokers or, you know, some people look at lawyers or, you know, just, or just some dirty money. Um, it really, it really says an honest day of work makes that makes the clean money, which means just honest money, putting in a solid day's work and, uh, providing for your family. Thank you for answering my question. Um, thank you for coming, Justin. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. We learned a lot about your job. Thanks to my classmates for the questions. And thank you, listeners. Have a great day and stay tuned for the next to hear from you. Send your questions, show ideas, or any other feedback to talkingtoexperts at gmail.com.